Welcome back to the Company of One. This is episode number 132, and we're talking about how Christianity has made me wealthy. So I'm going to tell you a personal story today or a little bit about my history and how it may or may not relate to you. Uh, So this is episode number 132, Company of One. This is the place that we teach you to think like an entrepreneur, whether you are to traditionally an entrepreneur, you're working for a larger company because thinking like an entrepreneur puts you back in the ownership position where you are owning and controlling your ability to earn more money. So let's just jump right into it because the title here I've been thinking about for some time is How Being a Christian Has Made Me Wealthy. Uh, and it's, it's something that's just been kicking around my mind uh, I talk about it a lot of times when I'm speaking in public, and uh, well, it, and people come up and talk to me about this, and they you know have thoughts about it. Um, but a lot of times, the thoughts about it are more from the faith issue. So I'm talking about it from the business issue or from the uh, income issue today. So let me just let me give you some background about what I mean. Um, so, and by the way, I'm not here to to uh, evangelize or anything like that. This is just really a uh, some observational things that are going on. So, if you are if you're not a believer in the Christian faith, I'm not trying to convert you to that. But if you are, and actually, I would say many people who are Christians struggle with this more than people who are are not Christians, uh, because the whole thing sounds offensive with what I'm saying. And I think a lot of times they miss uh, some of the great power that's in the truth in the in the Bible, the gospel, uh, some of the powerful messages that are in there about business. So first of all, I was not a Christian. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. I, um, but you know, I I went to school. I did all the things. You know, going to college can drive you away from your faith in a heartbeat. Um, probably that. Yeah, that pretty much did it for me. Uh, so, so I became one truly late. You know, I was thirty something when I became a Christian. Uh, but before then, I had been studying or learning about business and service. I'd always been a fan of success thinking, and I spend a lot of time these days talking about success thinking, how to become more successful. Whether I'm talking to engineering students or professional engineers out in the field, or or uh, people starting companies, that always becomes its success thinking. And so even when I was a teenager and in college, I was really reading and studying in the field of success. And a lot of the things that you probably think uh, you might have read, Dennis Waitley was one of my favorites. Uh, The Psychology of Winning, I think, was one of his books that really kind of caught my attention. So I was always interested in how the mind worked and how we thought about ourselves and how we thought about impacting and serving others. Because when it, when you peel back all the layers of success thinking, it is very often uh, focused on service. And how do you serve others? That's how you make more money. Uh, so I, being interested in that, once I became a believer, I was in my 30s or something. The story of that, well, there's always a story. I won't get into that now. But um, when I became a believer or during the process is I began reading the Bible, listening to some other people, and I was suddenly finding myself surrounded by uh, businessmen 
that were very successful uh, financially and and by all other counts, and uh, and were and were and were strong believers in in the faith, and so I was finding myself around these people, reading the Bible, listening to them and their counsel. Sometimes it was just raw business, but it, but a lot of times it was the mixture of the two. And I just I felt weird because I was thinking, and I felt conflicted. Maybe is maybe the better thing. I'm thinking. You know, the faith, the more I study about the faith and those preconceived notions I have of the faith, uh, you know, you need to be broke. Uh, all the stories about the widow's might and the two, uh, two cents that giving that the Jesus tells in the gospel. Uh, and if you don't know that, but, the, but you, you just know in the sense there is this cultural ideal that Christianity and faith of any kind, whether it's Christianity or not, is is a little bit about poverty. We give everything we have, we give everything away to help the poor, right? We give everything away to help those who have less than us. And there's the sense that I give to the, I have nothing left to give. Uh, and uh, we see that in the culture, that mindset that if you have any wealth that, uh, or if, or, or trappings of wealth, if you have any of that, you should feel guilty about it. And some people truly believe that, they truly preach that, uh, but a lot of that's just in our culture that we have uh, that preconceived notion. We see it in the movies, we see anything like that. You see, it's always the wealthy person in the movies that's the evil person. Uh, uh, you may not believe you think that, but you probably do because I think I find myself getting trapped in that, and that's how they're portrayed usually in the movies. Uh, so I had all this baggage, if you will, coming into this, and uh, and as I started becoming a believer, I started thinking, well, I kind of need to be there. I kind of need to quit serving my own ends, which is uh, businesses, which is trying to start businesses, which is trying to earn money, which is trying to get you know bigger income to me. Uh, I needed to quit serving that. And, and quit and start serving, just serving God. Whether that's, hey, I'm gonna become a missionary, I'm going to become a minister, whatever the case is. And I did, We, my wife and I went through this period of looking at going into full-time missions. Uh, thankfully, we were surrounded by wise counsel, pastors actually, that, uh, that made some statements that I still use in business today, uh, he, he made the statement, you don't go into missions, you grow into missions. And what he was telling me, was slapping me in the face at the time, he was telling me, Dale, you're not doing it now, so don't just jump on in full-time, you're not doing it part-time. Uh, that, But one of the huge things from there became a lesson about business, too. You don't go into business, you tend to grow into business. Um, so a lot of lessons were happening at this point in time for me, but I didn't know it. I didn't see it. I was conflicted. Um, so a- as I started dealing with this and studying the Word, I saw a lot of patterns in thinking about others and service. I'm, I'm talking about in the Gospel, in the Bible, as you're reading. There, there's a lot of things in there, but over and over you see this serving other mentality that just kind of comes through. Now, of course, the central message of the college of the of the gospel is about us being sinners. All of us are sinners, and whether we believe it or not, and we need a savior, and that savior was Christ, who died to pay for our sins so we could have eternal life. 
If you don't know that, I'm telling you that. Um, maybe you do know that. Uh, but, but because that is central, that's the core message. But I was picking up, and I was getting that. Um, that was that was eye-opening. But I was picking up these other messages uh, that were causing me conflict. Uh, and uh, and so as, as I was dealing with this and started uh, seeking counsel, if you will, that, hey, do I just need to go give everything away and not do anything but serve Christ? And I actually went to a... Uh, a couple of pastors to help me with this, and I, I was and I was thinking about starting a business at the time. We were looking into it, and I was thinking, "What am I doing?" And I sat down with a pastor who was my pastor, and said, "I feel like I am starting a business, and that's selfish, and I need to be instead going off into the mission field or becoming a pastor or whatever the case is. I need to be doing that instead." And uh, he just stopped me in my tracks and started pulling out scripture. I won't bore you with the details, but he started pulling out scripture and explaining, no, the gifts you have are over here and you need to serve people in these gifts. And we spent an hour talking through this, but it was eye-opening because I was like, wow, that wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting him to agree with me, to even punish me, if you will, to uh, to tell me, yeah, you're, you're, you're a greedy selfish rat, you know, and all these kind of things. Um, so, but he started talking about serving and, and he made the statement that if you go into business, you're, 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 you're operating your business as if you're serving the Lord through that, because that's what you're doing. And he pulls that out in scripture and he said, so you need to be doing it to maximize profit. And that that caught me off guard. I need to be building a business to maximize profit. And of course, we talked about how you use profit and those kind of things. So as we, as I started peeling back the layers, these are the kind of things that we started seeing. Um, first, and, and there's about seven things here. And I want to say this is how it generated a lot more wealth for me uh, and uh, put me... In, in a definitely wealthy category. So for the first message I started getting, beginning kind of with that pastor, is who am I here to serve? That question comes out at you. We often think about that question anyway. And if you're not thinking about that question, you need to be thinking about that question. If you've listened to the last couple of episodes or spent any time with me or listening to anything, you know that who you're serving, how you serve is critical to your ability to earn money. When you think you're going to earn money without serving, you're just totally misguided. So instead of taking in the attitude that I had been uh, taking in the past, when, when I was an entrepreneur, I was focused on serving. When I was in the corporate world, I kind of had this rebellious attitude that it was a me against the man. You know, I was fighting against the boss. And usually I was in a middle management position at a time, and I was taking care of my people and taking care of the company's customers and fighting off the boss at the battle, uh, going contrary to everything that they wanted to do. So I, I was I was trying to get things done in spite of the system. Now I worked for large corporations at times, and so if you work for a large corporation, you know that's just part of life, right? You are trying to get things done in spite of the system. But my focus was almost like those guys over there are evil, 
and the rest of us over here are the good guys. Uh, and uh, But I started focusing on the person who is paying me. When I started realizing that the customer that I'm serving, the true person I'm serving, is not necessarily the customer that's out in the field that's paying for our products and services. It was the person who was paying me. They were paying me to be there. And therefore, my boss hired me to serve him, not anybody else. He may be misguided and he may have all kinds of things. He may be a great guy. That didn't matter. I was paid to serve him. If I didn't like what he was doing, I need to leave. And I started getting, and obviously this was not an epiphany that just happened overnight, but I started getting very clear on the fact that my boss was my customer. And coming from an entrepreneurial background, I've always been involved in entrepreneurship, always had companies going. Um, and that was very, when I started putting in that perspective, I thought, wow, I would never do business with a guy like me because look how I treat my customer. I mean, I was tough to deal with. So I was realizing that it was my honor and duty to serve my boss. That's who I was here to serve. So that was the first epiphany I got through this. And then I started realizing, well, the people that you're serving, they need to be listened to. You know, it's not understanding, you know, and, and as, as we hopefully we get wiser in working with people. And of course, if you're a great salesperson, you get this anyway. Uh, if you're married, hopefully you get this. If you have children, you get this. That a lot of times people just need to talk and they, they don't need to be told, they need to be listened to. And so I started asking a lot of questions, such as, what are you struggling with? I'm here to serve you. What is it that I can best do to serve you? What are the desired outcomes? I mean, these are simple questions, right? But I, when I first started asking these questions, hey, what are you struggling with? What, do you, what are your desired outcomes? I would go to my boss and I would say, you know, I would I would make this statement. I would say, hey, you you know, you're my customer, you're who, you're the person I'm here to serve most. Um, what do you need from me? What are your desired outcomes? I remember being flabbergasted as I started asking those questions, thinking, you don't know the answer to them, do you? I would see blank stares. I mean, they would appreciate the question, but. They would struggle, and this is true in middle management and large corporations, we're not real clear on what the desired outcomes are, more often than not. But I began to find that weird that they were struggling with it. Uh, so that was eye-opening in itself, you know. But I started listening to them, started helping pull out what the goals of the organization, what the goals of our team were, uh, just by listening and asking lots of questions. So the third thing that came up is I started realizing I have a gift. Now, there's a lots of talk about spiritual gifts when you become a Christian. You have gifts of discernment, and you have gifts of preaching, and you have gifts of praying, and these kind of things. But we have gifts um, that are professions. Um, uh, we, we talk about being a profession of faith. And so if you're of any faith, you'd probably have heard the term profession of faith. Well, that word, if you look back in history, is your profession, what you do for a living. So technically speaking, if you look at that word, it's that what you do for a living is how you're serving God. So if I'm a 
you know, you know, if I'm a cake baker, I serve, I profess my faith in Christ by baking cakes. If I'm a banker, I profess my faith in Christ by being a banker and doing whatever bankers do, right? So I begin to see that this I have gifts. And if you're like me, you probably struggle with what are your gifts. And some of us just know naturally what they are. But it, to me, it was a struggle because I can do technical work. I can do programming. I can do design and development and all. But that's um, not my strong suit, not something I necessarily love. And so I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my gifts were. As a matter of fact, what was so weird is I was trying to figure out what my gifts were when I was helping other people find their gifts. Uh, I became really good at that. A little ironic, wasn't it? Um, So I have skills and gifts and a sense to see things differently. And this is kind of where I am now. I mean, I I have the ability to help other individuals find their gift. I have the ability to help them cut through the muck and the myrrh to find ways to increase their profit. I have the, the ability to do that with businesses because you know, it's the same thing, individuals and businesses. Uh, and I have this, I just see things differently. And that, for a while, that was a handicap for me, especially working in middle management, that was a handicap because seeing things differently, seeing things strategically is not necessarily a winning attribute when you're... Uh, in the middle of the middle management structure. But I see things strategically. I, uh, this is a gift. It, it, as, uh, as some people on our team tell me now, it says, Dale, you, you have an excellent BS detector. <laughs> so, uh, But I started to figure out how I can use this to serve. And sometimes it can actually still today, I can look confrontational because I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak strategically. I'm looking out at what's going on. I'm looking out at the trends. Where's this business taking us? And a lot of our, you know, our leadership teams, a lot of us as individuals, we're heads down doing what we do. That's, that's, that's our gift. That's your gift, maybe. You know, you're head down doing what you're doing. And I'm the person, I'm not necessarily great at being heads down looking at what I'm doing. I'm great at looking out and seeing where we're going. Uh, so, you know, and, and granted, you don't need three of me, uh, otherwise there's nobody actually doing anything. But uh, so you, you just, it can look confrontational at times today. So me being a person of faith, I mean, it's awkward when you're in a meeting and you're, you're, uh, you're really dogging some people and giving them a hard time. But I'm trying to help them see a perspective. And granted, it's just one of the perspectives. So I have this outside view um, to help the company or school or an individual to understand how do you make money and what you're trying to do is serve customers and helping them identify customers, whether it's an individual, a company, a team, or whoever. So I started helping uh, even our teams at the university see what we did that mattered, which in the university we're weird because our customers, or we call them students, and uh, you, you just that mindset of customers just is not there. Uh, so it was, it was uh, quite a struggle at the university. But we're getting there. So I began to see this, and I began to see this was a gift that I had. Instead of fighting it, instead of trying to act like somebody else, instead of trying to feel, or instead of feeling bad about myself because I couldn't do necessarily as good as what some of the other people that were heads down in the details, I wasn't as good as that as they were, but I had this other gift. So embracing the gift 
and uh, and trying to use it where it's most used and not get in the way in places that I would get in the way. So the fourth thing that happened here was boldness. I stopped worrying about what others thought. Boy, is that a weight lifted. I mean, we, we all struggle with that a little bit, right? Some of that comes with age. Uh, you know, what's the thing about, you know, when you're a certain age, you think everybody else is talking about you. Then, then when, you're, um, when you're a little older, you, you don't care that they're talking about you. Or, or when you're a little older, you think they're not talking about you. And then when you're even older, you think you just don't care at all. And, uh, and we get there at different times and for different reasons, maybe. Uh, being a person of faith, I realized that my worth was not in what anybody thought about me. It was in my relationship with Christ and what Christ thought about me. So I really began to worry less about this. Uh, but and, and because of that, you know, I started realizing, well, I'm weird. I have my weirdness. I'm difficult to deal with. But guess what? So is everybody else. I mean, especially as I'm dealing with organizations and I spend a lot of time dealing with teams. You know, one of the things I'm always saying is everybody on your team is weird, including the one looking back at you in the mirror. We're all weird. I mean, humans are a difficult you know, from an engineering perspective. I, those of us that are engineers used to controlling things, predictability. Uh, humans are the worst. There's no engineering at all. It's a, uh, it's a, it's tough to deal with with humans. But becoming bold and realizing I don't care. That's not, uh, you know, I can have compassion for them, but that doesn't mean I need to hide who I am. So that's what I mean by boldness. You don't need to hide who you are and your skills or what you think. Um, and you can still do that and still be respectful and honoring to the other people. So on the fifth thing, I begin to adjust my work actions to serve more. And so all this is happening over time, right? And it's happening, some of it's, ha and I'm making this very linear, but it's not, as you probably guessed. It just starts happening and you start realizing things and you start adjusting things. And it's not, most of this is not really intentional. I can see 2020 looking backwards, right? But I didn't see this really happening. But this was key. I was adjusting my work actions to serve those people more. The more I listened, the more I understood I find, found myself acting accordingly. And when, so you can kind of pull this together and you're thinking if I'm working for you and I'm going through this transition uh, or if you were doing this and you were going through this transition that you were thinking things differently, you begin to be more valuable, right? And I was becoming more valuable because I was... I was using the gift instead of hiding and, and listening and serving and trying to act in the interest of the teams and the organizations about what mattered to them. And we can see what happens with that, right? The more valuable you become, the more service you provide, the more you make. So the, the, the last thing here is I begin to listen to my wife differently as a voice of reason, a voice of understanding, a voice of something I don't understand. And the first time this happened to me, um, that this became a wake-up call, we went to meet some venture capitalists, or actually an angel capitalist. We didn't know who they were. 
Um, and they were getting some funding. It was kind of this secret meeting, and we, they were looking at funding a company. And we sit down at the table, and I realize it's a guy to go to church with is the guy that's the angel capitalist. And uh, so he starts asking some people on the team about their wives, because it was all guys. Most of them were younger, uh, asking them about their wives. And he started telling the story about anytime you do a business deal, ask your wife. And one guy started arguing, well, my wife don't care anything about this. She doesn't know anything about that business. He said, no, no, no. He's, and he, was, he owned several companies. He said, every time before we did a deal or we brought made a major hire, we would go to dinner with the people and their spouse, and, uh, and I would take my wife, who didn't care anything about the details of the business, and on the drive home, I would just ask her what she thought. And her gut check of, I don't like them, or... You know, if she didn't have anything to say, that was probably okay. But she's he's looking for there's something weird about them or something I don't trust about them. He said every time I went against that, I lost. And you'll hear if you listen to Dave Ramsey, he'll say the exact same thing. And you'll find this over and over and over and over with business people. There's some gift that that your spouse has that you don't have. That's just. You know, I can't explain it. I don't have any idea. You can uh, call it some level of reasoning that, that guys don't have. I have no idea. But this is one piece of advice I started getting more and more. And I noticed every time I went against something my wife said, and, and fortunately I didn't do that in a way that was too big of a loss, but it was always a loss. And, and a lot of times she would see things and I would walk away from them that was a win, that I didn't know at the time was a win, right? It, it would hurt to walk away from it. So, but I began to listen because of my faith and understanding that, you know, in, in Christ we are one and all that kind of thing that I really didn't even understand that. But I began to, and I began to see uh, the huge benefits of this. So I, I'm just really sharing this for you because if you're a, if you're a believer, I hope you peel this back and, and don't take this as, uh, this wealth and gospel type thing, where a, a prosperity gospel, where I'm saying if you just pray, God throws money at you. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying here, thinking about the Bible is the best business book in the world. It's about you focusing on others more than you. Focusing on your relationship with Christ, absolutely. But after that, there's a whole lot of focusing on other. There's a whole lot of in the Bible about money. Dave Ramsey will tell you about that. There's more in the Bible about money than probably any other subject. Uh, so pull it open and look at it. But the re result of this for me, when I'm in the corporate world, significant pay raises. So when I'm talking to you about how to get pay raises, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm telling you this works for me. It works for others I have coached. Uh, significant growth in wealth. I'm just tongue-tied there. See, lots of lots more wealth. Let's put it that way, uh, by making sound investments, by uh, using the gifts that I've been given in terms of wealth to grow more wealth, in um, a sense of how to use those gifts to serve others. Then here's the weirdest thing. Dave Ramsey talks about this, and there's a great book called "Thou Shall Prosper" that was eye-opening on this. Uh, the result in serving other people. In our culture, that's wealthy. Our culture as a whole is generally, uh, on the average, wealthy. Is by serving other people, 
your thank yous usually look like dollar bills. Right? Think about that for a minute. On your job, that's what you're doing. You're serving and you're getting thank yous and dollar bills. But when you're in an entrepreneur, you're serving, your thank yous look like dollar bills. That's the culture we live in. That's, it's easy. We don't pass goats and pigs back and forth. We pass dollar bills. So I wanted to just share this with you. I hope this is I hope this is helpful to you. I just hope it gives you some perspective. You always are we're always talking about everything in life and things we read, things we understand, things we believe that should come out in our business. And boy, this has been a big one for me. This has been the main thing for me. I mean, the business is secondary now. But becoming a company of one for me is becoming one in my faith without a doubt. So I hope that gives you something to think about. Till next week, I'll leave you with it.